1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is completely all instant replay from my radio show, The Dan Casper Show, on September 23rd, uh, 2022. So, got uh, Dr. Crow, a little inside the training room, Brandon Berg's on. We're talking baseball. We're talking college football. We're doing a little shootout. And, of course, Packers Buccaneers. Enjoy everybody. Packers visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think a couple of things really stand out to me in this game, just, just my personal thoughts on it, is one, the protection of Aaron Rodgers. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. We did, we played uh, the, the clip from Aaron at his at his locker, his press availability at his locker yesterday. But the protection of Aaron Rodgers has to be key in this game. The offensive line play by the Packers has to be key in this game. Opening up running holes for for Aaron Jones and and A.J. Dillon, obviously, as we just said, protecting Aaron Rodgers, but up front, those big boys have got to win their battles. Whether it's the defensive line, like with Vita Vey, Buccaneers are not going to have a key mix, and that is a big loss. you still got Vita Vey up there. Got those those inside linebackers of David and White that could do a bunch of different stuff, come blitzing up the middle, go sideline to sideline. But the protection has to be key in this game for the Packers. The offensive line play. Joe Barry talked a little bit about it uh, yesterday. And and there was a it was the coordinator's day to, to talk to the media, but talked about how physical Tampa Bay is. And we know how physical they are on defense. This Packers offensive line, this Packers offense has to match that intensity, has to match that physicality. Blow for blow. It's a heavyweight fight. And these guys step up to that challenge too and match what the what the buccaneers will do. And it starts up front in the trenches with the big boys. Offensive line play has to play spectacular. They have to have a a good football game. Starts there. Sticking with the offense. You know, I it's such an unknown now. With the, with the wide receivers, I mean, and I haven't really heard or seen anything, you know, like uh, some of the reporters that cover the team that, you know, in the locker room and, and such, but I haven't seen a whole lot of talk like, oh, it's just, it's just precautionary. Maybe they were just holding them out after they had a padded practice, but It's just, it, to me, it's a little bit concerning. So, with that being said, let's say that they are going to be a little bit short on offense. Because I think it's, I think it's a, you prepare a couple of different ways at least. Because, I mean, you look at that, that that that, that wide receiving depth. It's like Romeo Dobbs is going to be a starter, and then uh, who else? Because you had Alan Lazard that was out, you had Christian Watson that was out, Sammy Watkins was out, Randall Cobb was out. I don't think all of them will be out, but... Again, you have to really get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon involved in the game plan, but you're going to be going up against two inside linebackers, two premier inside linebackers and in all the NFL and David and White. You know Their their task is probably going to be to try to limit 33-28. and 28. So if you're Matt LaFleur. How do you come up with a game plan to still get the ball in their hands knowing that the defense is probably going to really focus on those two guys to game plan on it. How can you come up with creative ways to get them the football? How can you get them the ball to make plays? Whether it's in the running game, whether it's in the passing game. But they've got to stick with it. I don't want to see, you know, if, it, if it's struggling a little bit, you know, they start to abandon the run or they start to, you know, kind of get into a little bit of a panic mode and they're trying to look for some big plays down the field. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that right away. Stick to trying to get the ball to your main playmakers. And this might be this might be the Bobby Tunyon game. Depending on the wide receiver issue, how that all kind of plays out here. This might be the Robert Tunyon game. In fact, I think I might pick Robert Tunyon as my as my key player on offense. Just because, with a little bit of uncertainty surrounding the wide receivers for, for Green Bay. I mean, we haven't heard anything real negative, so maybe that should give you a little bit of positivity. Positive. But maybe this is the Robert Tunyon game. Where those inside linebackers are really going to be focused on, on Jonesy and Dillon Corners are probably, I would assume, maybe going to match up one on one with the majority of the receivers. Play a little, you know. We ter- we heard Aaron Rodgers talk about they play a little too deep. Maybe this is the Robert Tunyon game with a little seam routes, a little crossing routes in the middle of those zones. I think I might go eighty-five for my key player on offense, unless I talk myself out of it. uh then taking care of the football. On offense. We, we mentioned it. Tampa Bay is top five in the league heading into week three in the turnover game. There's no need to give Tom Brady in the offense. I don't care how many dudes may be missing. Don't give them extra possessions. Don't give them any extra opportunities, especially if you give them a short field, right? Take care of the football and win the time of possession battle. You know, if that offense can have. Six, seven. Heck, even if we want to push it eight-minute drives and come away with touchdowns instead of field goals, try to wear out that D. You want to slow down the pass rush? You have to get the run game going. You get the run game going, maybe you get that play-action game going. Defensively for, for Green Bay, it starts with Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny. They have been feeding... Leonard Fournette all season long. We went through the numbers. The second leading rusher for Tampa Bay for crying out loud is Julio Jones, guys. Okay? It's Julio Jones. Leonard Fournette has been their man in the running game. And right now might be counted upon again depending on the the wide receiver issue. We know Mike Evans isn't playing. Chris Godwin didn't practice yesterday. Julio Jones dinged up as well. So there's a very real and good chance that uh, that Tampa Bay themselves will be short on, uh, short on wide receivers. Yeah, Julio didn't practice yesterday either. So you'd have to imagine the Buccaneers would really like to establish the run with Leonard Fournette. And they're probably looking at what the Bears and, and Montgomery were able to do last week against the Packers run defense. So defensively, key player, you can go with the offensive or excuse me, the defensive line. You can go with one of those defensive linemen. I might go Devondre Campbell because I want that guy to to kind of have a bounce back game here. Hit up that line of scrimmage and make sure that Leonard Fournette doesn't hit that second level. Because if Leonard Fournette Gets to the next level, and then you're stuck with a corner or even maybe a safety trying to bring him down. Leonard Fournette is a physical runner; he's a big runner. He gets open, or he gets to that next level, and you're talking about a one-on-one with a with a with a corner or safety. I'm liking Leonard Fournette's chances, so I'm kind of looking at Davondre Campbell as my key player on defense to try to limit Fournette from getting to that next level. Helping out in the run game. Helping out in the, run, uh, the defensive run game. But there's no doubt this defensive line for the Packers has to cause some havoc up there. Has to stop the run. Has to put some pressure on Tom Brady. Make him uncomfortable back there. Now, Tom Brady has been around for a little bit, right? We know Brady has been around for just a little bit. But, and, and he's probably seen every blitz. And, and the key part, too, this is an interesting little nugget yesterday, Joe Barry yesterday. Packers haven't blitzed yet. Think about that. And and as he noted, too, the Packers defense has faced the fewest amount of passing attempts so far this year. So kind of goes hand in hand there a little bit. But if the Packers can get that pressure, make make the 45- year old quarterback back there maybe just a little bit nervous you know, he's seen it all and he's been through it all so I mean trying to rattle Brady or try to make him nervous is a tough task considering you know he's he's gone through it all but try to get that quick pressure on him because the one thing Brady pretty darn good at is getting the dang ball out of his hands quickly. We'll see him. I, I'm I, I, I'm assuming Cole Beasley is going to be playing in this game, and then you just kind of have some flashbacks of those Patriots days with Edelman and and Amendola, right? Quick dump off passes, quick ones there, and that's Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's a slot guy. You just kind of having. I'm, I'm just. I'm factoring that, or I'm picturing that. So you got to get to Brady quick. If you're going to get that pressure, you got to get to him quick. Be physical, too. Hit him. Bring him down. But it starts with stopping the run and Leonard Fournette. This Packers offense, if they get down to, to the red zone, you've got to come away with touchdowns instead of field goals. You get the opportunity to get it inside the twenty. You've got to come away with touchdowns instead of field goals. Field goals I don't want to get into a situation where Green Bay, you know, has kicked, let's say, three field goals. It's like nine nothing. I'd rather have that be hell even seventeen nothing instead of nine nothing. I'm not comfortable with that. You've got to come away with touchdowns. Don't let Brady and the Bucs just hang around. If you take that lead. Don't let them hang around. Match the physicality, too. Match the intensity. I fully believe if these pack, if, if Alan Lazard plays, Sammy Watkins plays, Randall Cobb plays, and assuming that Chris Godwin still isn't going to play, even if Julio Jones plays but he's banged up, I feel like the Packers have the advantage – and some offensive playmakers, offensive players, depth-wise. I want to see Green Bay take advantage of that. If, I mean, if we're going to get to this game and you know Donovan Smith, their, their tackle for the Bucs, did practice on a limited basis. He had an elbow brace on yesterday. But, I mean, if Tampa Bay is going to come into this game and they're banged up and they're missing some key players and you're Green Bay, you have got to take advantage of that. You've got to take advantage of that. And that means keeping your foot on the pedal from the kickoff to the end of the game. Bring the heat, bring the intensity. Let's go, baby. Come on. But I just, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about those Packers wideouts. If they're going to be good to go, I hope they are. And maybe they're just, again, being cautious, being, you know, safe. They'll be out there when it comes Sunday fingers crossed fingers crossed but no i mean just to kind of so my my key players i'm going if i have to pick one from each side uh offensively i'm going to go with with robert Tunyon. i'm going to go with robert Tunyon. uh defensively i'm going to go devondre campbell if i had to narrow it down to just one from each side those are those are the two robert Tunyon for a couple different factors i mean you could say well those inside linebackers, maybe going to be really focused on the, the the running backs of Green Bay. Can Tunyon maybe find those holes in the zone? Some seam routes to him. Red zone threat. Is this the game? Robert Tunyon kind of has that coming out party. A couple games under his belt. Knocking a little bit of that rust off. Now let's go, 85. Defensively, Devondre Campbell, I want a bounce back game from him. He has got to be a key figure in stopping Leonard Fournette. He has got to help out that defensive line because if Leonard Fournette gets to the next level, into the secondary, it's going to be tough to bring down. So Devondre Campbell has got to be involved in that run defense and slowing down Leonard Fournette. Win the time of possession, come away with touchdowns, no turnovers, and protect Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron, as he mentioned yesterday, he's got to get that ball out quick, too. We know Tom Bray is good at getting that ball out quick. Aaron Rodgers got to get that ball out quick, too. Now, that's a factor of him just letting it rip. It's play calls, as he mentioned yesterday. It's receivers, maybe with the timing of the routes. But got to get that ball out quick, baby. Don't take any unnecessary hits. Don't do it. What are your keys? What are your uh, keys to victory, your key matchups, your uh, key players? If you had to pick one from from each side, who are you rolling with? You know, Kenny Clark uh, also showed up on the injury report yesterday with with the groin. Now, hopefully it's not anything too serious because, you know, you can make the case too that Kenny Clark's got to be a key player on this thing and both stopping the run but also maybe generating pressure in front of Tom Brady. You know, we talk about when we think about pressure. We always think about like the outside linebackers, or a lot of us just think of the outside linebackers getting that pressure off the edges. But we know Tom Brady isn't a threat to hit to run off the edge, right? We know he's not a threat to to run off the edge. So you're looking at a guy like Kenny Clark if he's able to to generate that pressure up the middle and get into Tom Brady's face. Tom Brady's gonna crumble. How many times have we seen him just kind of you know like? Oh, yep, I'm done. Lay down. Taking a sack. He ain't going to hit the edge with his legs. So you can kind of look at uh, a little bit with with Kenny Clark there and try to get that pressure up front, but that means too his partners on that defensive line, they got to be able to step up and help out and not allow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to double team Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry, Reed, Slayton, Wyatt, whoever the heck is playing on defensive line, you have got to do your job. So that Tampa Bay can't just sit there and, like, oh, right, yeah, well, we'll put two guys on Kenny Clark. We're going to make you guys beat us. I'm sure they're going to try to do that right away. Just take advantage of it, you guys. Win your one on ones. Win your battles. Let Kenny Clark eat. Let him get up the field and go after Brady, because if Brady attempts to kind of move it outside a little bit, Rashawn and Preston should be right there. You know, Joe Barry talks about he loves his 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 four that uh, you know the the guys that are rushing for. He's got confidence in them. Let's see it. Let's see these four. Let's see this this front for this Packers defense. Have a game. Let's see them go there, go out there on Sunday and you know, do the thing and just just make everything uncomfortable for, for Brady. But it's gotta start with the run stopping the run. Stop Leonard Fournette. Get out to an early lead. And it does kind of sound like we're saying put the ball in Brady's hands, which could be dangerous. I get it. I understand it. But right now, given what we've seen the first couple of weeks here. You know their plan is to give it to Leonard Fournette. Slow him down. Stop him. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need, because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's hy V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Uh, catching up with our good friend, Mr. Austin Crow, Dr. Austin Crow, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. What up, Austin? How you doing, bud?
2: Doing great. How about
1: yourself? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, let's start off with, with Trey Lance. So, Trey Lance, out for the year. Ankle injury, and, and now we got you know forty nine Niners like, hey, thank God we got Jimmy Garoppolo back here. But worked out for them, right now. I, I thought I saw somewhere that it was similar to Dak Prescott, but not as severe that it didn't break the skin. Have you heard kind of something similar to that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the description I heard it was the, it was a closed injury, meaning it didn't come through the skin. So you know, the, sometimes people use a layman term and a uh, compound fracture. You use the term open fracture, but. Um, he did not have an open fracture, um, but he did injure both bones and ligaments. And so almost certainly what that means is that he, he injured the, the syndesmosis or the high ankle, which we've kind of talked about in the past. So that's kind of the attachment between um, the tibia and the fibula. So when you look at the ankle itself, I mean, there's the, the bones that make it up. So the tibia and the fibula, you have kind of knobs on each side of your ankle, if you will. We call them the medial lateral malleoli. He broke one of those. Most likely it was, it was uh, well, I guess it really could have been either one. And then he also probably essentially dislocated the two bones, the the shin bones kind of pop apart. And so he had to have fixation of both the bones and those ligaments. And so that's a significant ankle injury. But the good news is a lot of times those are able to come back pretty well. Um, So I I would hope it's going to be similar to Dak. I mean, when you see him out there, he looks like his ankle is not a big issue for him. And that's often the case with these, that people are able to get back at a pretty high level. So it, of course, takes some time.
1: So speaking of, of Dak, I saw him the other day, you know, kind of doing some practicing. They, they had a weighted football, or he had a weighted football on that, on that injured thumb there, too. And, and they're talking about maybe potentially week four, week five that he could return? I mean, you think that's likely that that, that could happen?
2: Uh, it's possible. I mean, they, they really didn't disclose the type of fracture that he had. I know they just said it was on his throwing thumb. Um, so it really, there's a lot of different possibilities as to what the fracture pattern was like. Um, but some of them, obviously, you know, they, they can have re- relatively quick recoveries, and so hopefully, it was a smaller fracture um, uh, or one that they're able to feel like they got really good fixation in, and are going to let him get back on a, on a faster time frame. So that would certainly be quick. Um, but you know, these guys are getting you know every special kind of bell and whistle treatment that he can get, so they can get back about as fast as he
1: can. Uh, just st- sticking with the quarterbacks here, Austin Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, I know we talked a little bit about him last week after that Thursday night game, and. You know, I'm reading here. They're calling it a fracture in his rib cartilage. Is is that accurate to call it a fracture in, in cartilage?
2: Yeah. So what that likely is referring to is is actually the tip of your rib, so the front portion. Um, and so there, you can actually dislocate or fracture that. So basically, on the front of your ribs, if you feel your own rib cage, you know, the, it feels like it's bone all the way to the end, but in reality, it's not. It's covered by a cartilage, a cartilage cap, if you will. And it is certainly possible to injure that. And so I suspect that's what it was. I mean, the interesting thing is when you see the hit where he got hurt, it doesn't look like he took a really necessarily a hard, hard shot to the rib. Um, you know, so, but clearly it was enough. So my guess is it was from the impact in the front that injured one of the rib tips. So that is, is a real thing, yes.
1: Dr. Crow uh, joining us here this morning for Inside the Training Room, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Uh, looking ahead to this uh, Packers and Tampa Bay game, Donovan Smith, the, the tackle for for T- for Tampa Bay, returned to practice yesterday for the first time, but he's got a elbow brace, and they're calling it a hyperextended uh, elbow. And is it is that one of those things that it just could mostly be pain tolerance at, at that at that point for him?
2: Yeah, a lot of times those are really kind of a, a precursor to an elbow dislocation because that's really the common mechanism for dislocating your elbow um, is hyperextension, and so um, basically, you know, you it really boils down to he sprains some ligaments around the elbow. And so if they feel the elbow stable, especially if he's in a brace, a lot of times they're going to be able to play. Um, and it is, in fact, exactly what you're alluding to is, like, can they tolerate it? And if, and if they're able to tolerate it, then they get out there and play. And um, But sometimes it will affect not only, you know, just pain, but it, sometimes their range of motion is limited, and then in turn some strength is limited. So sometimes they're able to get out there and they just can't perform at that level. So it's, it's kind of a combination of those things.
1: I know everybody, uh, we've got a couple of texts in here, but I think it's kind of turning into a drinking game here, Austin. Everybody wants to know about David Bakhtiari uh, (laughs) at this point. But, I mean, if he doesn't play against Tampa Bay, you know, I think it's like now it's like every week it's like going by and he's not out there. There's just got to be more questions and questions. Like I kind of threw out something yesterday. Could it be possible where, you know, maybe he – he does a rotation with, with another left tackle, if, if that's the only way he can get out there on the field, like he plays one series, comes out, plays another series, but that wouldn't be a, a very, I can't imagine Green Bay wanting to do that, though, either.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, sometimes you can get people back and try get them back on a kind of a trial period, if you will, where they're transitioning back in. Um, but generally, teams will not do that kind of hybrid approach where they're splitting time at the offensive line. It's not a position like a running back or receiver where you rotate in. I mean, your O line needs to be anchored and solid, and especially obviously the money that they're paying him. Um, I just don't see that being a long-term plan. So I think it's going to be black and white. He's either going to get back or he's not. And certainly don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I just find it unlikely that he's going to be able to get back. I just think at this point. But there are every once in a while when you start thinking that, then all of a sudden he's out tracking and you see him moving. You're like, look. Right, he's doing pretty good, but the concern, of course, is then it seems like later you hear the report that his you know his knee's swollen again or he's limping and it just is it's a sign that this thing is not healed or, or responded the way it's supposed to. So, um, it, it yeah you can almost <laughs> turn this into a drinking game every every game you think he's coming back you have to take a shot and <laughs> You're
1: right exactly. Um,
2: but I, I I I think that again given the timeline um you know i I take care of a lot of acl injuries and and you see him come back and he's clearly struggling with something again most likely a cartilage type issue um although we don't know that for certain but um it's just to think that what is going to happen a week from now or a month from now that hasn't already transpired in the last year and a half or whatever it's been now year and three quarters you know when is that when is that healing or or, you know coming back to normal going to happen it just doesn't seem very likely
1: uh, sticking with, with uh, Packers Bucks So we got a little conspiracy theory kind of Or conspiracy going on out there I don't know if you saw about uh, Tom Brady and, and a finger issue that's apparently going on so,
2: I've uh, not seen
1: it Yeah, so apparently at practice He would throw And then constantly shake the, the ring finger On his right hand And at one point <laughs> They were At one point they were spraying something on his right hand What would they be spraying on his right hand do you
2: think? Uh, from, from the rumors maybe they're trying to pull off his wedding ring no <laughs> <laughs> that was um, good that was a good no, one <laughs> that's a, he's not a lefty so i guess the joke doesn't hit but um <laughs> I, you know i certainly i mean there could be a number of different things right so i mean quarterbacks well speaking of uh, finger injuries deck with his hitting his finger on the helmet so you know quarterbacks throw in a pocket so they strike their hand on either their own linemen or rushing defensive linemen, linebackers. So that, that can happen like an impact type injury. So a quote unquote jammed finger, that's probably the most common thing. Um, a lot of times those are relatively mild, but we, I mean, anyone who's played sports has jammed their finger at least once and that can, that can hurt pretty bad. So it certainly could be something like that. Um, you know, really beyond that, I, you know, there was no report of an injury that I'm aware of. So for it to be a fracture or something like that would be super unlikely. Um, I mean, I guess you could just get aching in a joint, but he's—he you know he's old, but he's not old enough to start getting arthritis in his hands yet. You wouldn't think so. My assumption is he probably jammed it on something, and that's what they're addressing.
1: So would the spray kind of be like a Ben Gay spray or whatever, just to kind of yeah, numb sometimes
2: it? yeah, exactly. Sometimes those are those are aimed at just analgesic, so pain relief exactly.
1: Uh, I forgot to ask you about this last week, but uh, I want to catch up on TJ Watt uh, with with that pectoral injury. Uh, he's avoiding surgery on that, so would that be that he avoided a complete tear uh, with that pectoral injury?
2: It's going to be one of two things. So it's either going to be he avoided the complete tear, or it was a tear not so much at the junction between the tendon and the bone, but it was a tear at the junction between the tendon and the muscle. Because generally we don't operate in the tendon muscle tears. Those are able to kind of scar back in place. Um, it's when the tendon avulses or rips all the way off the bone, that's when we have to go in and fix them. Um, I, I mean, you know, the way he came off the field, I'm sure, I was actually watching that live and you could see him mouth, like, I tore my Like You could see him say that. So, I mean, you have to imagine there's a pretty big tearing sensation for him to be able to report that and know that immediately. So, I mean, a guy who's going to come back and do all the violent things that he does in football with his pass rush moves and stuff like that, I would think that even a high-grade partial they'd want to fix. So, my suspicion is that this is an injury between the tendon and the muscle and those you generally don't treat operatively. And so, the thing is, a lot of tendons are fairly big. So, like, like your Achilles tendon. It's like five inches long, right? That's huge. Your pet tendon is literally only a centimeter to two centimeters wide. So it's less than an inch wide. So it's it's not really, even though it's it's you know it's a broad area, it's, it's very narrow, if you will. And so you think you get in my back, like, oh, yeah, here, there it is. That's a clear tendon tear. Well, sometimes it's kind of mucky water. And so when you get multiple opinions, a lot of times that's because the first doctor may be saying, look, I think it's here, but it's hard to say for sure. Uh, and certainly on anyone, but especially a pro athlete, they're like, well, I want want to know for sure, and they're getting those second, third opinions to look and see, like, does everyone agree with that, and and I'm sure a lot of people have looked at his imaging, and so, again, my suspicion is that represents more of a a muscle tendon injury, and that should be able to heal on its own. It'll take a while. I don't know if they've given a timeline for him on his return yet, but That's not going to bounce back overnight either, but he might be able to return this season.
1: He got, uh, it sounds like from reports, like multiple, not just uh, another second opinion, but like multiple second opinions, two, three, four of Uh them. Is that because, I mean, there might be a potential setback if he does come back after six weeks? I mean, is there any risk of of not having that surgery?
2: Uh, If if it's a partial, absolutely. I mean, if if it's a partial tendon injury and he comes back and he's asking, you know, half the tenant do the full tenant's job. Again, I mean, th- what he does with his arms are more than the average person is doing, right? So mm-hmm. I- I would, I'm would, i sure there's people out there that are telling him, look, if you try to come back like this and it's not healed well, you're going to run the risk of this popping off the rest of the way. But then they may say, guess what? If it does, then we do surgery, and, and you're, you're facing that right now, so let's give it a try. So, I mean, there, there's some logic to that as well because um, it's not it's not like a joint injury where you're worried that if he goes back like an unstable knee, if you tear your ACL and you run back out and playing you, you're worried that you're going to twist the knee and damage the cartilage or meniscus to make a bigger problem. At this point, if it's a partial tear and it goes the rest of the way, that'll be fine. If it's a more muscle tendon injury, um, then, it's, then it's, it's more like, uh, think of it like a pulled muscle. It's going to, if you go back too soon, it'll aggravate it, but it should heal back. But I'm sure he's trying to get multiple opinions to make sure he's making the right choice and also trying to set the right timeline, so... Um, it is interesting to have that, and I'm, I'm sure it's got to be challenging for an athlete in, in this team to, to deal with that many opinions, because I'm sure they're not all exactly the same.
1: Right, exactly. And I'm, Didn't J.J. Watt a couple of years ago, a few years ago, tear his pec, too? And then he ended up he did, coming yep. back or something? So,
2: Yep, he did. He came back for, I think, the playoffs are right at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but he did, yeah. Yep, he had a pec injury.
1: Lay off the bench presses, guys. Come on, now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crow, inside the trading room, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dude, always love chatting with you. Appreciate the time and uh, have a fantastic weekend, okay, bud?
2: Absolutely. You as well.
1: You got it. There you go. There's Dr. Crow joining us here this morning. Hey, what up, everybody? Dan Casper here. I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Man Cave podcast. I just wanted to send you a quick reminder that if you are not subscribing to the Man Cave podcast, do me a favor, do me a solid, and subscribe to that podcast. It's free, okay? And we're available on, like, every single podcasting platform out there. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon—you name it—we're probably there. And if you uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, if you have the ability to rate or review the podcast, like on iTunes or Spotify, go ahead and do me another favor, if you don't mind, please—five stars, five stars. Leave a solid review too, if you can, like on iTunes. That way, other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Okay? And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, facebookcom slash Sports. And at Twitter at d a n k a s p e r, you can even follow me on Instagram Dan Casper Sports. Remember, that's a Casper with a K. Now let's get back to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Uh, Brewers got the win last night. Colton Wong three dingers, but really no help in terms of the chase for a wild card spot. Padres did lose, but they still hold a half game up on Philly. Philly got the win last night against Atlanta um I feel like if there's going to be any movement made it's got to be this weekend with the Reds and then knowing the Phillies take on Atlanta how what are your thoughts on that
0: no i I agree 100 percent I mean this is they can't come out of this weekend still two in a game two and a half games behind the Phillies mm-hmm. they have to get I would say to one and a half or one mm-hmm so, and, and, you know, part of that's obviously up to them, and part of that's not. Right. And they need some help. And the last couple nights, the Phillies have been very annoying <laughs> between uh, Wednesday night being down 3 nothing to the Blue Jays in the 8th. Yeah. And the Blue Jays giving that up. And then last night, one nothing.
1: Yep. You know, come
0: on. Come on, Atlanta. Help your former town.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, you know, but, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, the Brewers, they got, they just got to, you know, they – they got through that eight game stretch the Cardinals and the New York teams, and they were four and four. Mm-hmm. You know they they kept their head above water, but now is the time where you have you sink or you swim. You can't afford to just keep your head above water anymore. And you know that's you know, they're four and four, and that's kind of a, a bit of a disappointing four and four because there's a couple games that got away from them that you know they could have maybe had a winning right. you know, had that be a winning stretch. But you know they're still hanging around, but now is the point where you can't just keep hanging around anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you? Do you think we'll get to a point where we see Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff going on three days rest? Um, I have to look at the schedule. I'm not sure because... Because they got one more off day on Monday. Council said Freddie Peralta could come back this weekend. Yes. Which I'm looking at Sunday.
0: I think that was the day where there was nobody
1: announced. Yep. Because yep. So is getting to start on Saturday. Yeah. So...
0: And they would, I mean, they, maybe depending on how you utilize the off days, you know, yeah. that, that might be, I mean, I, a lot of it's going to depend too. I mean, you, you're, you kind of go either way with that. Either you're going to have them come back on short rest, but if they're coming back on short rest, it might have been the previous start. They can't have thrown, you know, 110 pitches. Right. Like it's going to be an either or scenario. Mm-hmm. So possible, I think, but I think a lot of that depends coming out of this weekend. Are they going to do that if they're still, you know, two and a half games back by this point next week? Probably not. Right. But if. You know, Atlantic takes a couple games from the Phillies and the Brews take care of business. Suddenly they're even up and they know that they have to beat those teams. They can't just tie them. Then maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of, I mean, you know, when, when I think of that, I think of the old CC Sabathia 08 just riding that guy, you know, on three days' rest and, you know, just trying to get in there. But and
0: really, Yeah. And really right now, the, you know, Woodruff and Burns are scheduled to each have. Well, not counting last night, because you got know, to count last night for Woodruff. Three more starts. Mm-hmm. Right now, Burns is tentatively slated to possibly start that last game of the regular season. Okay, if it comes, you know.
1: And but, that's the thing, too. Remember, people, there's no tiebreaker game.
0: No. So as if you're tied, you know, you you it's head to head. The Brewers lost both of those. Mm-hmm. Although I'm curious, I'm assuming what's the head to head for if it's a three way tie. I'm assuming it's probably record against the other two, which obviously the Brewers, if they lost against both of them, would not win. Yeah, the worst-case
1: so. scenario would be Brewers. Is you know, if, if it's a tie, it's still a loss for the Brewers. Yes, so.
0: and that would probably be the worst scenario. Mm-hmm. It's a three-way tie, and they would be the one team on the outside.
1: Right. But yeah. you never know. But, yeah, I feel like it's it's this weekend. It's make or break. Yep. And, you know, Brewers got to take care of their own, but there's going to be some scoreboard watching going on here too. And, and it's not, you know, it's not like the Braves don't have anything to play for. Right, you know, they're, they're they're
0: still battling the Mets. They're still trying to maximize their playoff positioning. Because I think they've clinched a playoff. Yeah, spot. both the it's Mets just... and the Braves have clinched playoff berths. It's just a matter of whether they're. there's a big difference between being the two seed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember, if you're the two seed, you're you're you got you got the buy to the NLDS. Mm-hmm. If you're the three or if you're the five, if you're the the four seed, you know you're you're taking on. The, you're you're taking on the fifth seat, so you're taking either probably the Padres or the Phillies, you know, mm-hmm. realistically. Right. Well, what, what would you rather do? Like, right. you know, these teams are going to be playing for something down to the end. Because
1: then you can set up your pitching schedule too. Once you have that buy, right? Yes, so, I mean, you yeah, can, you,
0: can, you can. You know, you know, you can decide. Hey, we're gonna you know skip a day with this guy because it helps him line up to make sure he's starting game one, or whatever that. Right. Is. Yeah,
1: you. These teams still
0: have a ton to play for.
1: Mhm. So. Yeah, we'll see. but then you know you got St. Louis for for two more games there, and they probably don't want the Brewers in it. I mean, you know, knock out a playoff opponent or division opponent. excuse oh, yeah. me. but
0: let's put it this way: the Brewers, yeah, that two games set next Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm sure St. Louis would love nothing more than to clinch the division if they can't clinch it at home. Clinch the it clinch Milwaukee. in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah, just I mean the same way that the Brewers, you know, a few years ago, you know, obviously won games one sixty three in in Chicago Wrigley, and also. Yep. Clinched a playoff berth, I believe, in St. Louis or against St. Louis, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. One of those years, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they would. They look. They'd love to do that. If you can't win at home, you want to be able to win it right in your right in your rivals' faces.
1: Yeah. Or the team
0: or the team that's chasing you use
1: faces. <laughs> you know, we were uh, yesterday. I'm just going to bring it up because you're you're our brewer guy. But, you know, I saw Kurt Hogg talking about it. There was an article in Fangraphs about Willie Adamas, you know, the $150 million man sort of thing. Is he the next one up? And you look at Fangraphs. I know you're big into Fangraphs, so you kind of probably already know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. a little bit there. But it's, it's an interesting thing, and I know you've mentioned it too, but I brought it back up yesterday. When you look at the payroll for the Brewers next year, there's like two legit people, three legit people under contract. Christian Yelich, Freddie Peralta, and Aaron Ashby. You got some options with Colton Wong. Yeah, there's 10 some you, you and,
0: have. You have things you can do to either you know keep money. I mean, but again, guys like Burns and Woodruff, you know, they're under arbitration. arbitration. <laughs> so, so like it's not like they're free agents. But right. you just you have different things that can happen.
1: Right. So it's like it's that's an interesting scenario to kind of be in. But I guess where I'm going with this then is you know they were kind of making the do you sign Willie Adams to an extension now, or do you play the and, and the question I kind of threw out there was, do you play the arbitration game where, yes, he's still under arbitration? Go into next year, if it's just not working, is he a trade bait sort of thing? Like, if you, what would you do? Not what would David Stearns do, but what would you do? Would you give Willie Adamas that, that, a pretty I, decent size you know, experience? I would certainly
0: talk about it mm-hmm. because, you know, even if, you know, and Willie's been hot the last few weeks, so it's kind of you know, raised up his, his stat line a little bit, but still, like, the number of shortstops in Major League Baseball that have the possibility of doing what Willie Adamas is doing is not very big. Mm-hmm. When you look at a guy that could hit 30 home runs, drive in 100 runs, and play really good defense. like yeah. That's part of the reason that advanced metrics really like Willie Adamas is is plays really good defense. And I also think that passes the eye test. Yeah. You, know, you see Willie Adamas, yeah, he's, I, would, I would classify him as a good defender. And you know I, I think you've got to have the conversations. We've heard, you know, in recent weeks, Corbin Burns talked about how the Brewers really haven't approached him about you know talking about an extension yet. You know, I think this is one where, you, at the very least, you got to talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: be- because you know this is a guy that you know going into next year. To me, there's two guys I feel pretty certain are going to be on the Brewers. And that's Christian Yelich and that's Willie Damas. Christian Yelich, because at this point, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to want to grab that contract from him in a trade. And plus, I think he's got some no, you know, some no trade stuff in there too. But and Willie Damas because he's mm-hmm. I mean, he's to me he's their he's their offensive MVP or position player MVP because mm-hmm. of what he provides offensively defensively and just as a leader right you know and he's he's real and he's turned it on here these last few weeks like we were we've talked a lot about okay well if the Brewers are going to make the playoffs who's going to step up and say hey get you know follow me so far it's been Willie Adamas.
1: right yeah. Uh we only got a few minutes left but I wanted to get some just some uh, general baseball stuff here too. You know Aaron Judge obviously everybody's talking about you know the 62. But do you think it's kind of flying under the radar because of the home run number that he could get the triple crown though too?
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. And and because for a while there was talk about Paul Goldschmidt being able to do it before that's kind of fallen off, but it is. Mm-hmm. And man, is this like one of just not just baseball but in sports is this kind of one of the all-time greatest um uh Contract season, you know, contract. Seasons? I
1: asked this yesterday, and we had some people kind of thrown out, but maybe, maybe I got to rephrase it. But I, can you name another player in any sport that bet on themselves, like turn down a contract offer? Yeah, turn down and then like bet on a, and is doing this. Like, it's, could he have it's earned a hundred million more dollars? Yeah. It's super
0: early. We'll get back to it in a month or two. But so far, Lamar Jackson's off to a pretty good start doing yeah. that,
1: too. You know, that's, that's the other... And I know we had, like, you know, Kirk Cousins was a thing. But, you know, that yeah. was like a franchise bit.
0: That was a little different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as far as... Because, there's yeah, there's no real equivalent of that in baseball.
1: Right. And I know basketball, they've got these weird things with, you know... After a couple of years, you're only allowed to hit a max of a certain amount of money. Yeah. Then you get that. Then you can get the super max if you stay with the yes. same team. Yes. Then you get the Larry bird rights. Yeah. And, as
0: far as like, I, I would put Aaron Judge in that category. Yeah. I mean,
1: like literally, say, nah, I'm going to bet on myself. And sort there's, of thing. I mean, there's and,
0: been guys that have like had good ones that have gotten more like more money than maybe they would have before, but not like right. at that super high level. Because I think of a guy like a like a Sean Figgins when he signed, you know. For playing, I believe he time with the Mariners, where he had like a really good year, and then he got more money than he probably would have anyway. But I'm talking, but this is a case where it's like a superstar that was like, no, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bet on myself, and like you said, he made himself probably hundred more million. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, just to see, you know, and to do it in New York, and to do it, you know, just and the big thing I think for him is he's been he's just been healthy. Yeah, that's you know, no one's surprised. I don't think that he's been able to hit a ton of home runs.
1: You know, he's when a he's been six healthy. seven center fielder for crying out loud,
0: and he play And he's like a good center fielder. Like yeah. he's not, he's not you or I out there trying to play center no. field. He he can cover ground.
1: I feel like eventually, though, he's going to probably be oh, moved he'll, to Yeah, he'll move to, a, he'll move
0: to a corner, and then yeah. he'll move to, you know.
1: Because he was right field for a little bit, but now center field. Yeah, and,
0: and he can do that. And, you know, the, obviously the the Yankees can throw Harrison Bader out there, too. And they they mm-hmm. kind of go with that super size outfield at times anyway. Right. But, yeah, I mean, he's made himself a ton of money.
1: Mhm. Like, yeah, I know, you know, the Juan Soto one was like he rejected, was it, 440? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure he's still going to get at least that somewhere yeah. at some point. But. but for
0: someone that didn't have, but who was like a free agent and was like, you know what,
1: I could do this, but I'm gonna roll the dice a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, oh man, it's Ooh. unreal. But yeah, I feel I've just I kind of felt like you know, and I get it. We're all paying attention. You go to MLB.com, it's got the count on there for the home run, but it's also like because I remember when, when Cabrera was going with a triple crown that was all over the place mm-hmm. like you watch it's like this is just the second part of this whole thing yeah he might set you yeah, know get 65 or whatever his pace is oh and he also got the triple crown yeah that's yeah. kind of the
0: interesting thing is it's it's in the home runs but really I mean and obviously everyone's gonna have different opinions about it but it's not like he's going for the record mm-hmm. you know he's he's going for 61 which obviously still is hallowed ground with Roger Maris right especially being a Yankee yep but it's yeah. It's it's interesting that not a lot of people are talking about that,
1: right? And then uh, then you got the Pujols thing going on there too. So, which uh,
0: that's another one where I am just like, you know what, just hit like three home runs this weekend. <laughs> just do it this weekend because I don't want it to happen in Milwaukee. <laughs> I felt Albert
1: Pujols has hit enough home runs against the Brewers over the years. It's a different home run. I mean, obviously, it's different. You're, you know, we, we've seen home run chases with guys going for the single season ones. We saw Barry going for the all time one. Whereas you got a guy for seven hundred, then you got Aaron Judge you know, with no records besides a team record could be broke. But it's also between two guys where you really haven't heard anything negative about them. You know what I mean? Like no question marks besides Elwood Bruhals being a machine instead of a man. But
0: yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, there's it's yeah. I mean, obviously there were you know with with McGuire and then Sosa and then Bonds were mm-hmm. you know there were certain things talked about, and you really you're not hearing that with either of these guys,
1: right? Isn't that still sad that we got to put that though out there? Like
0: it is, yeah. You know. But I'm, I mean, just in, in sports and in general, I mean, I'm a big believer when it comes to history of warts and all. Like you, you mm-hmm. don't, you know, you don't shy away from, it, but you just say, hey, this is what happened, right? And it's up to you, and it, you know, it's it's up to you how you, you know, mm-hmm. how you choose to accept it. But this is what happened, and this is this is something those guys are going to have associated with them. Mm-hmm.
1: Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need, because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at two four two four East Claremont Avenue. All right, you ready to do a little shootout? I am. And last week you threw down the gauntlet to me to to put some of these questions. So I've been thinking. A few. I've got, got, a got f- ten of them. You go. Oh, look at you! Do you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> all right, you do a little show. I don't have ten. I've got two, three, four. I got about five. <laughs> mine go. Mine are as you can imagine with me all over the place. Yeah, good. I like it. All right, you ready? I don't know, am I?
0: I think you are. Okay. N- none of these are too ridiculous yet. I'm scared. All right, question number one for you. Yeah. Miller or Miller?
1: Uh, beer? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said butter. I'm like... No,
0: <laughs> Bud or Miller? Bud. Miller.
1: Yeah, I know you, so... I you get know, a well, headache.
0: Well, Miller... Both Miller and Lainey's are under... Or both Hams and Linies are under the Miller banner. Okay. Come on.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, I get a headache, so... That's fair. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, so on that same uh, path, tap or can?
1: I uh, can tap. I know. I'm. 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 I think it's just going back to the uh, softball days. I'd rather have a can than the than the tap beer because I don't trust the poor too much. Of the you are you, know,
0: you are uh, a you are a prisoner to the poor.
1: That, that's a good way of saying it. Yes. You don't want to
0: get off. Someone gives you a foam and
1: right. Yeah. Well, here you I go. don't trust the poor, so I'm going can.
0: All right. Burger or pizza? Burger. Sam. <laughs> ham or turkey?
1: Turkey. Ham. Yeah, I know you're a ham guy.
0: All right. no, I got one for you. That's very, a little bit interesting. Which of these would you rather have?
1: Great tee shot or great putt? <sighs> that's a good one, actually. Uh, I'll go great putt. Sam, Because yeah. that,
0: that's actually the one I might get. There's no way I'm hitting a good tee shot. I'm, I mm-hmm. do not hit far off the tee.
1: Although you could say, depending on what you mean by tee shot, on a par three, you could get a hole-in-one.
0: Well, if I had a if I had a tee shot, if I did that, I wouldn't consider it to be great. I would have some other words I (laughs) and some phrases I'm not going to use on radio here. Perfect,
1: cool. Drive for show, putt for dough, baby.
0: There you go. All right. And as far as basketball goes, post play or three points, three point shooting.
1: Uh, Post play or three point shooting. Post play. Yeah, yeah. I I figured that. Which is dumb because threes are worth more. Yeah, but when I was like an intramural and all that, I would just shoot threes from the (laughs) inside. But I hate watching it all the time. Yeah, so. Give me the Akeem Olajuwon, you know, post moves down low. So,
0: okay, Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon?
1: Aaron Jones. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah,
0: fishing or hunting?
1: Ooh, hunting! I like sitting in a tree stand. All
0: right, coleslaw or cottage
1: cheese? Oh, I'm gonna go cottage cheese because there are too many different variations of coleslaw. Yes. I love coleslaw. But like this past weekend, we were at our work conference for for a few days, and we'd go through a lunch line, and it was coleslaw. And every time I got it, but they had cilantro in that, and I can't deal with cilantro. Yuck. So if I knew what I was getting in the coleslaw, yes. Cottage cheese, you know what you're getting, so i cottage cheese.
0: And I would agree. I would agree. And my last one, and I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of this one, Backstreet Boys are in sync.
1: Why? Okay, this is creepy. First of all, Backstreet Boys. But I'll tell you what, Brandon, I'm not kidding you. I thought of that same one this morning <laughs> <laughs> because I was scrolling through the radio this morning at four o'clock, and Backstreet Boys. Kate was on one of the stations I was scrolling through. I'm like, oh, I should ask Brandon. Backstreet Boys are in sync for that. So I'm not kidding you. Ah, that actually, I that crossed my mind. And for the record, my answer is also Backstreet. Okay, good, good, good work. That's kind of weird that we both. That about is for that one. All right, mine are all sports related to bring us back home here a little all bit. All right, so, good. Uh, Sean Payton said that uh, he was, you know, he'd come back to coaching for the right opportunity. Sean Payton or Mike McCarthy? Sean Payton. I've backed up Mike McCarthy, and I've thought Sean Payton has been overrated at times, or you know, not not necessarily overrated, but overhyped maybe yes. uh, at, at times. But I'll go Sean Payton too. Uh Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky at this point right now, going into week four. Kenny Pickett. I think you got it, don't you? I don't think my Tomlin will, but I'll go Kenny no, Pickett, I, too. No, yeah. It's easy, yeah it's easy, we're not the
0: coach. It's easy for us to say this, but at this point, you know what you got with Mr. Biscay.
1: Yep. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett, too. Who's funnier? Peyton Manning or Eli Manning? You know, this would not have been a question two years ago. I'm Eli's still going
0: to go Peyton, but man, like, it feels like the last couple years have been, like, Eli, you know, like people that were out of, you know, really were pretty private that have suddenly popped into the you know public spotlight that have done well Eli's definitely mm-hmm. gotta be at the top of that list
1: I'll go Peyton but Peyton I think has the more dry type of sense of humor where Eli is and, and Peyton's been outgoing in a lot I mean SNL for crying out loud he was yeah. fantastic and that would have been 08 somewhere around there I think but Eli, as of late, like you're right. Two years ago, it wasn't even close. Eli now. Did you watch the Kenny Powers thing or the uh, the chat or what was it for Penn State?
0: Yeah, I did not. But okay, I, just, I, did. I mean, I, I've got to yet. But I know what it's about.
1: I couldn't have pictured Eli Manning doing that three years ago. No, when he, at, even during his playing career, I could not picture him doing that. Um, Chad Powers, excuse me, was his name. He's climbing though. He he is climbing up there. I'll still give it a little bit to Peyton, but Eli is climbing up there. I totally agree with you. Uh better catch Odell Beckham Jr or George Pickens last night. Odell. You're going to still go Odell. I'll go
0: Odell. Why?
1: Just cuz the sideline or Yeah, you know? I think yeah, yeah. Love that catch from George Pickens. It was fantastic. Um They're so close though, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're yeah, they're very
1: similar. I might give it to Odell too. I might give a little bit. of it. That did you watch it live? Or I did, did not. You, did, no, no. It re- yeah, I watched it on replay, too, because I missed it watching live. But, oh, that was such a sweet catch, dude. Why and I know Packers fans, I'm surprised, aren't like, oh, I wanted that guy in the draft. For one season, let's let's say it. So this is the last one. Baseball one now for you, okay? One guy for one year. But you got to pay him, let's say, $100 million or whatever. Just Just an extreme amount. Juan Soto or Aaron Judge? Juan Soto. I think I'm going to go Juan Soto, too. But why?
0: Because I think you're more likely to get 160 games out of him.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, younger. And, yeah. yeah. You know, so younger. maybe his body's not as worn out. Yeah. Is Juan Soto a better defender than Aaron Judge? I don't know like
0: I, I I'd have to look you mm-hmm. know and at least just look at some some of the metrics and stuff i don't I mean I don't watch either of them enough to know mm-hmm. I know i do, I do know this Aaron judge will play center field and wants or won't or doesn't doesn't I won't say won't because we don't know, but mm-hmm. he's he's a corner guy, I think he's a left fielder, so generally left field is the the low end of the outfield spectrum as far as defense goes, so I mean judge may be better there than just using that rationale.
1: I got one more I just thought of for our last shootout question. it's a yes or no. Will the 49ers win more games than what you thought at the beginning of the season now that Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback? Yes. I agree. I'm going to say yes, too. And so that's, that's not necessarily a knock on Trey Lance. No, I just think it's, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's went to the Super Bowl. He's went yeah. to another like And I think they know what they can do with Jimmy, whereas Trey yes. Lance, it was still a little bit of an unknown. Like, how can we better utilize this guy? Yep. You know? That sort of thing.
0: Yeah, so. as far as a backup quarterback coming in, there's very few situations that are better.
1: When we first looked at that thing, and that had thing happened, like, what in the world? And then, you know, Dak Prescott goes down and is like, oh, Cowboys are probably going to trade for Jimmy G and all that, and then look what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. the 49ers look like they're freaking smart as all get-out right now. Yeah. I don't know whose thought it was, whether it was uh, whether it was uh, Kyle Shanahan or Lynch. But... but they, yeah, cause, because cause, could you
0: imagine if they did that and then they traded him? Like, just, you know, because there were talks about him, oh, he, you know, Washington or whatever. Like, if they had dealt him and then the same thing happened and they're trotting
1: out, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I got another one for you. Whose career would you rather have, Vinny Testaverdi or Nick Foles? Nick Foles. Because of the Super Bowl? Yeah, and he's and he's got a couple good paydays in
0: there. hmm
1: Yeah. Vinny Tesferi's been around for a while, though.
0: Yeah, Vinny played a lot. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, played at the U. Yeah. I don't even know where Nick Foles... Arizona? Arizona, I yeah. think. Yep. No, Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Isn't Nick Foles' career just weird? Yeah. Do you know where he's at right now off the top of your head? Do you know where he's Indianapolis. at? Indianapolis. Yeah.
0: He's a backup to to Matt Ryan. hmm But yeah, because he's got, he's got the two things any NFL player wants. He's got a ring and he's got money.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you? So he's got a ring though too. That's what I mean he's got but a no, ring. No, no, that's oh. the next person I'm going to say. Next comparison. I'm just I thought of Nick Foles or Jimmy G. Whose career would you rather have? Because Jimmy G. does have a ring, but he's a backup as with the Patriots. Okay, finally I made uh, one thing you would think I that.
0: I feel, I still think Nick Foles. Cause I think Nick Foles made more money.
1: <laughs> I'll go Nick Foles because at least I got to play in that Super Bowl. This is true. <laughs> this is true.
0: I can say I had something to do with it.
1: And he's got the Super Bowl MVP, I believe. I believe. Yeah. So, but Jimmy
0: I, Jimmy G's dreamy though.
1: Yeah, if we're doing all that sort of stuff, <laughs> you know, then you know. But no, I would I would def- I would I would go falls. I'm gonna go Foles, too. Yep. So alright. That was a good uh that
0: good was. shootout, right? It was, yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Uh so football picks we made ours. But I know you picked the Bucks and I picked the Packers. So let's do this. Reverse it here. You answer the Packers will win if Fill in the blank. I will answer. The Bucks will win if fill in the blank. Okay, Just makes because we. I pick Packers. You yeah. pick Bucks. So we're we're playing devil's it. advocate for each other. Good cop, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little devil, little angel over here. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. I will
0: say the Packers win if they to go. What you said earlier. Keep Leonard Fournette in check.
1: Okay. I will say that the Buccaneers will win because you stole mine. <laughs> I was going to say if they can get Leonard Fournette. You know, going in that, but I'll say this. The Buccaneers will win if they can make it hell for Aaron Rodgers in the backfield by continuously putting pressure on him. A la what Minnesota did in week one. You know, similar to that. So the easy one for me would have been Leonard Fournette going, but I was I will say if they can, can put that continuous pressure on Aaron Rodgers.
0: This might be a Cameron Braight week. Or, you know, who's in Tampa.
1: I said Cole Beasley already. oh so well,
0: I know but home. forget you know. Old friend, Kyle Rudolph.
1: That's right. Yeah, forgot about that too.
0: I mean, he hasn't really. I don't think he really done anything. I yet. think he was
1: inactive in Week One for sure. He was for sure. Yeah,
0: that's what made me think of it. But this maybe this is a tight end week.
1: God, this is going to be old school Patriots crap again. It's going to be tight ends and slot receivers.
0: It's going to be yeah. You're going to have Kyle Rudolph catching like two passes for 14 yards with a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and Cole Beasley coming off the streets probably going to have 80 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And it's just gonna annoy the crap out of me. But, you know, that's 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 what Brady tends to do. That's life. It? That's that's life. So um okay, so we're kind of both it seems like we're both similar in, in like our keys to to victory here. I think the biggest thing is, yeah, Leonard Fournette, running game, and then protection, all that sort of stuff. And like, you know, I'm looking at it too for, for Green Bay's defense. That offensive line is banged up too for Tampa Bay, and we know Tom Brady don't want to run off to the edge in that. So if they can get like that, Kenny Clark up the middle pressure, because doesn't it seem like whenever pressure comes up in the middle for Brady, he just kind of oh, lays yeah, down. Yeah. He can't step up. Yeah. yeah, you can't. I mean, he he'll step up and keep right. his eyes down the field, but but he can't direct in the face. Right. Can't yeah. do that. Yeah, and it just kind of seems like he kind of like falls to that pressure yep. too. So get that pressure up the middle. Yeah. Get that guy up the middle. Come on. Come on. Are you more confident in the Badgers covering or the Packers winning? Packers winning. Okay. That was quick. Now, yeah. you have no confidence in in Wisconsin this weekend.
0: I've seen this too many times. Yeah. And I'm still a little concerned with what I saw it's the same against book? the against the only and that no, that's in, in that way I feel a little bit
1: similar to what I saw
0: him the night from Kirk Cousins. I mm-hmm. feel like Bill Murray. It is Groundhog's Day again.
1: Mm. Yeah, what is going on with, with Kirk Cousins in primetime? Like, I'm sitting there in my hotel room watching that game, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, especially in the end. He's right, playing Red 500 in, in the second half. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? I mean, look, it is, is this accurate? His record is 60, 60, and 2? It is. Yeah. <laughs> 60, 60, and 2. The thing I will never
0: criticize Kirk Cousins for. Kirk Cousins and his agent are two of the smartest people in the NFL. Yeah, they are. Because Kirk Cousins
1: always finds a way to get paid. I, yeah. I, I don't, I mean.
0: And it's not like he's a horrible quarterback. No, that's that's, it, no it would be different if he was just a bad quarterback. He's yeah. not. He's a good
1: quarterback. Mm-hmm.
0: But he's not a great quarterback. And,
1: and I would that, say he's slightly above average. Yeah, he's. I, no, I, yeah.
0: I would say every year whenever you see all these, you know, Quarterback rating list. He's usually somewhere between like twelve and fifteen, mm-hmm. and that's fair. He's mm-hmm. good. Yep. But it's to me. it Can so, he win you a Super Bowl? Is the main question. And that, and that's. I don't think he can. Like you need like absolute perfect conditions. And if that's the case, that he really win it for you. Mm-hmm. To me, it's the equivalent of this. There's some. You know, like I. We both like burgers. We would prefer burgers to pizza. We've said that. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm going somewhere, like I know, I know some places that have good burgers, and I'm going there, and I'm you know loading up and. You know what? Sometimes you just feel like you feel like a McDonald's double cheeseburger. That's fine. Yeah. I, you know, there's times where I'm like, you know what? I'm at work, or whatever. You know what? I'm gonna go to McDonald's and get a double cheeseburger. That'll hit the spot. Okay, Brandon. Brandon okay. okay. But if you're paying, are you gonna get one? Are you gonna get a McDonald's double cheeseburger if you're paying seven bucks for it? Probably not.
1: No. no.
0: You know, there's there's a price point that comes with it. If mm-hmm. if if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback and you're paying him fifteen million dollars, okay, yeah, because then you you can really afford to help make the team around it better. But if you're paying him twenty five million dollars, that's different.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. So you don't think you can win a Super Bowl with him?
0: I don't. Not for the money he's going to be paid.
1: Okay. Man, I just I don't know how to gauge that guy. Sometimes. I mean, one day you're he'll not look, alone. Uh, is he the most confusing quarterback in the league right now?
0: Maybe, and it's weird because like. He's very confusing, but he's also very vanilla. It's not like he's an enigma as far as like mm-hmm. his personality thing goes. You know what you're getting with him. You know yeah. he's he's just a pretty you know quiet, reserved guy that just kind of goes about and does his business. But you're right, like it. There is very much a playbook of how you slow down. Is he like company.
1: those boxes of cereals that you know you get a toy in the bottom, and once in a while you just get that great, fantastic toy, but most of the time it's like yeah, okay, yeah, sort of thing. It's a horrible example or analogy. But you know, that's yeah. all I could come up with. But yeah, it's you, you're you're going to get like week one. I
0: mean, and yeah. granted, there were some blown coverage in there, but he was he was doing everything you need, and you're thinking, okay, this you're know, you're doing this against a good defense.
1: Was he trying to force it too much to Jefferson in week two? Maybe, maybe. But there were also some times where Jefferson was open where he didn't get the ball. No. It was so that game, and not to. But it's like you know, the two throws he probably should have made to Thielen were like right on a dime. Yeah, like the yeah, cu- there was a couple of like,
0: those in the fourth quarter
1: that. If it, unless it was a perfect pass,
0: it's probably picked. Yeah. And he threw three interceptions, You could have thrown more.
1: Right. And it's like, okay, you probably shouldn't have made that throw, but hey, that was a great throw. Yes. And great catch by Thielen, too. Yeah. But, but yeah. kind of going back to what I said before, I'm very interested to see how things get tweaked
0: mm-hmm. for Kevin O'Connell this week, because this is the first time that it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? Like, right. it's
1: it wasn't good. How you fix it? Yeah. So we'll see. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time... I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the man cave.